Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. John Carlos. I'm so excited to be with you today. I use he and pronouns. We are in a series about bodies, amen, and reclaiming the goodness and honoring the beauty of our bodies. Last month, I talked about how we honor our bodies by honoring our needs, and today I want to talk to you about honoring the needs of others, amen? Uh, We have a world that has needs. And I want to start our time together with two foundational truths. The first of which is that you have a ministry. You have a calling on your life. There is a work that God has given you. And I want want to be clear that this is universal. You can be an atheist and have a ministry. I've seen some atheists that are bringing healing. Thank you. Ah, I, 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 I've seen some atheists online that are bringing healing and, and support and love into the world. You have a ministry, right? And we need to demystify this word ministry, yeah. right? Like, it's important to know that other governments, right, have the ministry of transportation, right? <laughs> the ministry of the interior, the ministry of magic. These are all real government agencies that are doing important work. Amen? Amen. You have a ministry. Um, There is a way that you can serve others, serve the community, and serve the world. Um, The second truth is also beautiful, is also liberating, but I want, it's a little bit harder of a truth. And that truth is that you have a limited capacity. You have a limited capacity. When it comes to meeting the needs of this world, Listen to me, you are not enough. When it comes to meeting the needs of our community, you are not enough. And I know that's hard. I know that's a hard thing on a Sunday morning at 945, but when it comes to meeting the needs of this hemisphere, of this country, of this state, of this city, you're not enough. I'm not enough. And we can go a little bit further if you'd let me. When it comes to meeting the needs of your family, you're not enough, it takes a village. When it comes to meeting the needs of your partner, you're not enough, we need each other, we need a community. When it comes even to meeting your own needs, you're not enough, we need each other. And so we start with two foundational truths. On one hand, you have a calling, you have a ministry. There is a way that God is inviting you to serve others. And on the other hand, you have a limited capacity. And so this brings us to the question of our time together. What do we do when the needs of our world are greater than our capacity to give? 
What do we do when the needs of our community, the needs of our fellow humans, the needs of our planet are bigger than us? That's what I want to explore in our time together. Because there was a Jewish rabbi in the first century who knew what it's like to have a real ministry and who knew what it's like to have a limited capacity. Now, as we go into this, I just want to be honest as a follower of Jesus and as a Christian that just up front, we believe some weird things. <laughs> we believe some really funky things that any like monotheistic uh, religion, any fellow humans would look at and say, that's a little bit funky. And one of those beliefs is that God, she, be, like, she took on a body. The God took on flesh. The God became a human. And that's weird. Okay, <laughs> let's just start there. That's funky, okay? Theologically, we are claiming that the infinite decided to take a break and become finite. We are claiming that the one who is unlimited subjected themselves to limits. We are claiming that God Almighty decided to like become a baby and walk among us and like learn spelling and grammar. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? That's funky. That's weird. But in this series, we're learning that by Jesus becoming a human, Jesus is having solidarity with those who have bodies. Jesus is having solidarity with those who have limits and boundaries and limited energy. And so we discover this Jesus in, in Mark chapter 1. And I don't know if you've ever done ministry. I don't know if you've ever served others. But once you start doing that, you're going to find that there are needs that appear everywhere. You're going to find that there are requests that show up everywhere. You're going to find that there are really important, valid things that start popping up everywhere, and there's only a limited amount of you. And so Jesus begins his ministry, and there are crowds, and there are requests, and there are people, and there's demand, and there's noise, and there's chaos, and there's good things, and there's bad things. And that's where we find ourselves in Mark chapter 1. I want to read this to you. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Now, Simon and his companions went to look for him. Context. Uh, we read in other passages that Jesus and Peter, Simon, uh, they pay taxes. The other disciples didn't. One interpretation of this is that only Jesus and Peter were older than 18. So what you need to imagine here is like a bunch of like 16-year-olds and like a 21-year-old like going to Jesus with a problem. Do you know what I'm talking about? This is like Jesus is a high school teacher who's like on his lunch break having boundaries, and here you have some 17-year-olds who think the world is about to fall apart because the projector isn't working. Do you know what I'm talking about? So that's what's happening here. Jesus is on his break. Jesus is taking some time to hear his own voice, to hear the voice of God, and here you have Simon and his companions looking for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Everyone is looking for you. Now, who is being dramatic here? <laughs> everyone is looking for you. Do you know what it's like to have everyone looking for you? 
How many ways can people reach you? Well, first we got text message and iMessage and WhatsApp. And that's just for friends and family, right? And then we have that group chat. You know that group chat? That like you, you, like you finish your work day and there are 37 messages that you haven't read. That group chat? You know what I'm talking about. God bless you. And then you got Teams and Outlook. Right, teams for like immediate stuff and outlook for like important things. But then there's that one colleague that sends important things on teams because they want it really quick when they should give you a week's notice and then they, they want it now, but they should email you. You know, that, you know that conversation, right? And then you have Slack, God bless Slack, right? There's that. And then you have Facebook for your old friends and then you have Instagram for your current friends. And then you have TikTok for your new friends. And then you have YouTube for whatever that is. And then you have LinkedIn. You have LinkedIn. And half of that is like your professional network, hallelujah. And half of that is for like automated messages from recruiters. And you can't tell which one is which. Do you know what it's like to have everyone looking for you? Do you, want, do you know what it's like to have needs, real needs? valid needs, important needs in your family, in your friends, in your community, in your church, in your work, in your world. Do you know what it's like when everyone is looking for you? And so what does the God who took on a body do? Let's go somewhere else. What just happened? Let's go somewhere else, Jesus. What do we do with a God who takes on a body and says no? What do we do with a God who has all these requests and all these important things happening in this town and says, let's go somewhere else? Are we allowed to say no? And so what we're looking at here is something that, I mean, I, I think shook me and I hope it shakes you because we have a Jesus that was presented with real valid and important needs and Jesus says no I have a ministry to do somewhere else are you allowed to say no or is the work of being a good person in this life saying yes to every request yes to every message yes to every invitation yes to every problem are we allowed to say no. And that's what I want to explore today. What are you saying yes to? What are you saying yes to? What are you saying no to? Because the answer to those questions defines the quality of your life and the impact of your ministry. Jesus had a real ministry and he had a limited capacity. And he knew that he had within himself the power to say yes and the power to say no. Do you know you have a superpower? You have a superpower that most things in creations do not have. And nothing in creation except for God has quite like you do. You have the power to say no. You have the power to say no. You have consent and agency and autonomy. And let me tell you, we are spending billions of dollars to get an AI to be able to do just that, right? To be able to do what you do on a Tuesday. You have a superpower. I need you to understand, later in Mark, we discover 
a Jesus asleep in a boat in the middle of a storm. Can you imagine the God who took on a body asleep while problems are happening? And the disciples wake him up, and Jesus tells the wind, and he tells the wave to chill. And guess what? The wind and the waves chill. And the disciples exclaim, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? I need you to understand, the wind and the waves are pretty cool, but they always say yes to God. They always say yes. There isn't another option. The heavens and the earth say yes to God. The wind and the waves say yes to God. When God says, let there be light, the light doesn't argue. The light shines. But you get to say no. You get to say no even to God. The wind and the waves always say yes to love, but you get to say no. What does it say about your superpower that you have the ability to hear God and even say no to her? That's how much God honors your agency. That's how much God honors your autonomy. That's how much God honors you. And we honor our bodies by saying yes and by saying no. And we dishonor our bodies when we can't say yes and we can't say no. Consent is not only important, it is essential. You can do ministry without yes and without no, but it's not love if there isn't a yes and there isn't a no. It's not liberation if there isn't a yes and there isn't a no. It requires consent. Um, Have you ever said yes to the wrong thing? <laughs> oh, oh my God! Uh, can I can I just share something stupid I did? Um, is it okay? We ag- we agree that it was dumb. We agree it was stupid. So um, in December I went to Ecuador and I I, I had a lot of time to pray and reflect and kind of hear direction. And the direction I got from God was um, like my gift, my ministry um, was to be a voice in the wilderness. Um, and marketing is cool, and that's my day job, and it pays the bills, and I enjoy it, but, like, I really wanted to step in and lean into being a voice in the wilderness, preparing the way for the Lord. Like, I think that Jesus is great, and I think there's all this bullshit and stuff that gets in the way between people and Jesus, and I want to clear that out. I want to clear that out so that people can just see God, right? That's, that's the work I feel called to, and so, uh, you know, I preach once a month here at New City, which is a joy and a privilege, um, and then I, I was like, how do I do this on TikTok? How do I do this on social media? And so I'm extending that ministry there. Here, I can preach to 50 people. I post something, and it's not a very good post, and it doesn't reach a lot of people, and it reaches eight times more people in just that one little push. And so I'm doing that. And um, I, I don't know about you, but I make my best decisions at 1 a.m. on Saturday morning. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Like watching TikTok or YouTube, that's, that's where my best decision-making comes from. And one specific Friday night or Saturday morning, um, there was a TikTok Live. Now, I don't know if you know what TikTok Live. It's like usually people um, streaming, talking, debating about something. And I, I know you're not going to believe this, but like the algorithm prioritizes conflict, drama, and debates. Can you believe that? Crazy. So there was a TikTok Live. Now, I don't have 1,000 followers, so I can't set up my own TikTok Live. But there was a TikTok Live that yeah, it got me. It got me. You know, it said at the top, intelligent Christians only. Ah! No, I had no chance. I had no chance. Anyway, so I was like, oh, I, I got to be a part of this discussion, right? I got I to gotta request 
<laughs> at 1 a.m. in the morning to be a part of this conversation. And, and the guy, you know, it was like uh, a friendly agnostic, so, uh, you know, it's going to be great. And they had a faith-ending question. I was like, no, like, I'm going to go into this TikTok live in front of 500 people, and I'm going to have a conversation about faith, and I'm going to show people that there's a different way of doing faith and spirituality that can be life-giving and love and liberating. Do you think that's what happened? Do you think that's what happened? Um, also, can we just stop here? Isn't it interesting that it's so much easier to see bad decisions in other people's lives than it is our own? Like, you saw that. You saw the teaser to this, and you were like, nope. Hell no. That's not your ministry, Jean. And I was there. And I was like, oh, this could be a good idea. This could be a great idea. And so I went on this TikTok Live. And I debated and argued about nothing for an hour and a half at 1 a.m. on a Saturday in front of 500 to 800 people. And if there was a winner and a loser, I was the loser because all I was doing was like being super defensive about faith. And um, like they would bring up an argument about like something I didn't believe. Like they'd be like, oh, well, the Bible says the world is really young and it's 6,000 years old. And I'd be like, yeah, I don't believe that. I don't think that's the only way to interpret the Bible. And then they would respond by saying, no, but you have to because that's what it says. And I'd be like, but I don't. And they'd be like, but you do. And I'm like, aren't you an atheist, not a fundamentalist? Like, I don't understand who I'm talking to. And that was an hour and a half. And then I got off the conversation. And then I was so activated, as you are, when you're, like, fighting for, like, something for an hour and a half. So I couldn't go to bed. I went to bed at 3.30 that, that, that day. And then I woke up six hours later, like, totally exhausted and feeling dumb. And that ruined my Saturday, which ruined my weekend, which ruined the next week of my life. What are, <laughs> what are you saying yes to? <laughs> what are you saying yes to? Because me saying yes to debating an atheist on the internet prevented me from resting and prevented me from doing my real ministry. With the energy that I gave to that, I could have made two weeks of life-giving, liberating TikTok videos if I wanted to. Or I could have slept. Hallelujah for sleep. Hallelujah. What are you saying yes to? What are you saying no to? We have agency. We can say no. We can say no. Some of you, the way that you're doing life and ministry is that if a need presents itself to you, you have to say yes or you're a bad person. And that's not the case. Right now, my family is going through a, a hard time. My parents are in the process of separating. They've been together for almost 40 years. And sometimes they come to me with requests and, uh, and petitions and things. And I can meet those because I love them individually and collectively. And sometimes they come to me with requests and petitions and I have to say, I love you, and that's not my ministry. I love you, but I cannot be your mediator, your counselor, your therapist. I love you, but I cannot be your accountant, your lawyer, your tax professional, your banker. I cannot do that for you. I love you. There are people that will come, and they will ask everything from you, and you cannot just say yes. Because if you say yes to things that are not your ministry, who will do your ministry? If you're at your job and you say yes to every request that comes up that is not in your job description, who will do your job for you? No one will. The work of ministry requires that we say yes to a few things and no to billions. What are you saying yes to? What are you saying no to? 
Um, I went to a conference, and uh, it was a beautiful conference. Uh, and in the middle of the conference, it was an opportunity to share the great work of the ministry and to, uh, and to give. And so there was a pitch, and it was about an important ministry doing important work, meeting an important need. But I just want to be honest with you. I didn't really like the pitch. I didn't like the pitch. I didn't like the pitch. Um, because even though it was an important work and it was an important need, they created a binary. And that binary was, do you care about this important cause? Then give us money right now, right here. Or if you don't care, then don't give us money. And those were the only two options. And, and so there was, a, there was a moment where they were like, uh, if you care about this important cause, I want you to take your phone out right now. Take your phone out right now. And I want you to raise it up and put your flashlight on and shine a light. Yes, shine a light. Now take that phone and I want you to scan this QR code and I want you to give $50 a month or $100 a month. And some of you can do $200 a month. And then after that, we just, we just got news that someone is an anonymous donor is going to match that. So if you give $50, it's going to be $100. And if you give $100, it's going to be $200. And if you care about this, you can give right now and we can, we can end this problem in the world. Um, and it's so important that we end this problem. Additionally, and my last thing I'll tell you, if you give today, we're going to give you a beautiful fall hat with our logo on it. Thank you so much. Always the fall hat. What was that? What was that? What it was, even though it was an important cause, even though it was an important ministry, was a disregard and disrespect to my consent. I get to say yes. I get to say no. Uh, there are a million ministries and a million causes and a million ways to care about liberation. When you claim that there's only one, you're doing us a disservice and you're disrespecting my ability to partner with you or decide that I'm already partnering with nine other things and I can't partner with this one. You have the ability to say yes and you have the ability to say no even to important things, even to valid needs, even to real things. So how do we practice this in our life? Number one, we have to practice silence. You know, I have to be honest, I'm an extrovert. And sometimes when I have problems, and you know who you are, I call my friends. You know, I, I see you. I see you already. I, like, call my friends. And I was like, <laughs> can you help me with this? And sometimes I really do need direction and guidance and advice. And I really appreciate the people in this room that provide that for me. But I have to be honest with you that sometimes I already know the answer. And instead of sitting in silence, instead of just listening to my body, instead of just hearing what I already know, I call someone to confirm and validate when I already have the answer. And it's fine to ask for support, and it's fine to ask for love and, and care. But I have to tell you, for 90% of the problems you're facing, the answer is already in your body. It's already in your body. It's already there. You already know. And the way you find out is you do what Jesus did and you go out to a solitary place so you can hear yourself. I don't know how we do it in 2023 with the noise and the chaos and the distractions, but you already have the wisdom in you. Wisdom is not a secret. In Proverbs, we find out that wisdom, she is shouting in the streets. Wisdom is not the secret knowledge. Wisdom can be found in you. Are you listening? Are you listening? The second thing I want you to practice in saying yes and saying no is something I call low power mode. 
low power mode. You need to establish this in your life. Your phone has a low power mode. When it hits a certain percentage, it starts saying no to things that it normally says yes to. That's what it does. So that it can conserve energy and get to the next charge. There are times to say yes to some things and times to say no to some things. And there are also moments where there are opportunities that you would normally say yes to because of your passion and your ministry. But because you are in a, a moment where you don't have that much energy, you have to say no to things that you normally would say yes to. Um, I, um, I'm, in a, I'm in a season right now of low power mode. I am. I am. I just want to be honest with you about that. I got my parents separating. I got people being laid off. I got people that are causing me a lot of stress in a lot of places. I got, uh, I, I normally wanted to post five times a week, and I said, nope, I'm not posting this week or last week. And I said, you know, I normally try to work out on this day and that day, and I'm not, I'm not going to work out. There are things I would normally say yes to that I said no to because I'm more important than those individual things. The work of honoring our bodies means saying yes and saying no. And can I tell you, some of y'all are really good at the Minnesota no. Do you know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. I don't want to insult your culture. I really don't. But some of y'all are really good at Minnesota no. A Minnesota no is where you don't say no. You say, like, maybe, probably not. And then you give a reason. And the reason is a valid reason, but it's not the real reason. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right, right, right. So here, let's say, oh, my gosh, we should totally hang out. Let's go to Roseville and hang out. Or, hey, let's, let's, uh, we should totally, like, go to this art festival. Let's go to that art festival. And you say, oh, like, uh, I, uh, yeah, no, but maybe, and uh, it's a little far. And then I'm like, okay, well, there's an art festival that's closer to you. Let's go to that art festival. And then you get to, no, actually, I, I don't have capacity today. Now, I get it. You're trying to, we're all trying to be nice to each other. I, I respect the hell out of that. But can I just tell you, you get to say no. You get to say no, thank you. You get to say no, I don't want to. And I think Minnesotans are just, they struggle with that. They like, no, here's a lot of reasons. No, you, you know, I, on Friday, I was sick, so I took a sick day. And there's, a, there's some of us, like, we want to provide a whole explanation. We want to, like, provide the seven symptoms we had for why we took a sick day. No, you could just take a sick day. You could say, no, comma, I'm sick, period. I'm helping you out. Thank you. Bless you. Um, I'll close with this. Um, the work of liberation is not individual. It's collective. It's not individual. It's collective. It takes all of us. You can't do everything everywhere all at once. You're not an Academy Awarded movie. Like, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. Y you can't. You're an individual with a limited amount of energy, time, and money. You can't do everything. You can't be everywhere. You can't serve everyone. And, and I, I think about the body of Jesus, and I think about the way that he said yes to his ministry, but he said no to a lot of things. I don't know if you noticed, but Jesus didn't do, like, an heiress tour over Rome. You know, he didn't. He could have done a worldwide tour like Taylor Swift, and he didn't. And I think, as a marketing manager, I think he should have. I think he should have written a book. It would have been easier. Um, but he didn't do a lot of things that you thought he should have done. I think it would have been nice if he, like, would have ministered to the people of Puerto Rico, the Taino people. I wish he would have visited and said hi. But he, it seems like there's a billion things that Jesus didn't do. But when Jesus ascended, he gave us his spirit. 
And there is a thing, a concept that can set you free, and that concept is the body of Christ, which is to say that Jesus ministered for three and a half years, but can I tell you, Jesus is still ministering. Jesus is right now, as we speak, ministering to the wounds of those in Gaza. Right now, as we speak, Jesus is organizing against police brutality, as we speak. Right now, Jesus is fighting climate change. Right now, as we speak, Jesus is working in rooms where decisions are being made that are going to have impacts on the world. Right now, Jesus is working to create community that is inclusive and affirming of queer people. Right now, Jesus is doing a lot of things through you and me. We don't have to be everywhere. We don't have to do everything. We don't have to serve everyone. We get to say yes to the few things that are our ministry and no to a billion others. You are here because so many people said yes. And you are here because some people had the courage to say no. So may we honor our bodies by saying yes and by saying no. Thank you.